1: Caroline Stephen. Remember that feeling of exploring something new and reveling in the delight of the unknown. On today's episode of Talking Trading, we speak to a slightly unusual special guest. Dr. Ian Bogost is the author of Play Anything, a book which explores our notions of fun and play. Chris Tate came across his book and it made an impact on him. Bogost poses the question, what really is fun? And the answer is the discovery of something new, something novel. It's a topic we don't think that much about, but we discuss it with Bogost later in the show. But first, here's Louise Bedford in Mind Power on getting a cleaner so you have more intimacy in your life.
0: it surprises me how little value people place on their time. I caught up with a mentoree the other day. She is in a very well-paid position and so is her husband. She has two children. She was in a case of overwhelm. She was too busy to think. She couldn't see the big picture and in fact there was almost a martyr-like quality where she was saying there's so much to do, there's so much to do. As we have come to in this society to label the word busy with some attribution of saintliness. The thing I wanted to talk to her about was what can she delegate. There was resistance. There was an insecurity about giving up a role. But really, now that I've encouraged her to get a cleaner, to have somebody paint her walls instead of her doing it herself... To have somebody doing the wallpapering where she did not need to be spending her time doing that activity. I can tell you, she is so much happier. And guys, if you're considering getting a cleaner to help out around the house, the statistics say that women who have a cleaner actually have more time to have sex so even if you're not going to do it for yourself think about your woman think about the person who is beside you who really doesn't have time to scratch herself and think about the benefits to you if you help out with the housework even by employing your way out of this situation i think you'll find it's best to spend your time doing activities in your a-game delegate the things that you can delegate focus on the things that bring out your level of genius you'll be a happier husband a happier wife and definitely a happier trader
1: Priority notification for Chris Tate and Louise Bedford's next repeat for free mentor program? Well, you need to be. Register at tradinggame.com.au forward slash priority. They'll teach you how to trade every instrument over every time frame. That's tradinggame.com.au forward slash priority.
0: Hi, it's Amanda Gore, and I'm a speaker and author of *Joys is an Inside Job, and I listen to Talking Trading.
1: Dr. Ian Bogost is an author and award-winning game designer. He's the Ivan Allen College Distinguished Chair in Media Studies and Professor of Interactive Computing at the Georgia Institute of Technology. He's the author or co-author of 10 books. Today, we're talking to him about his book, Play Anything, Insights into Our Notions of Fun, and enjoyment. Ian Boghurst, author of Play Anything. Hello and welcome to Talking Trading. Hello, thanks so much. Ian, your book Play Anything was featured in the New Scientist magazine and the whole concept of it intrigued me. So I'm really happy to be interviewing you this morning all the way from New York City.
2: I'm, I'm glad to be here with you.
1: Ian, I want to talk to you about the secret of play. In your definition, what is play?
2: Yeah, so I, I mean, I th- I think if you imagine what folks often think of when they think of play, they think of like doing doing whatever they want. Of play being the opposite of of work or of duty or of obligation. You know, play is what you get to do. Work is what you have to do. That's those are some common conceptions, misconceptions, in, in my mind about what uh, what play means. But for me, play is is uh, the work of of working with, of manipulating something. What one, one way of thinking of it is is this is the kind of play. That you, you you deploy when you play guitar, or the play that's that's at work in the the mechanism of a of an apparatus. Like the there's some play in in the mechanism of a steering rack, you know, through which the wheel turns before it engages. So that idea of play is like a a possibility space um, uh, constructed by the limitations and constraints of a particular situation or object or person or whatever it is. And it's the work of kind of manipulating, working within that that free movement that's created uh, in, inside of that system. You play the guitar by accepting uh, the, the strings and the fretboard and the means of holding it, and the you know the kind of music that it can produce, and then working with those to produce that music, not not by rejecting it or by you know swirling it around over your head, uh, doing whatever you want with it. Uh, you have to accept the the constraints and limitations uh, of an object or, or a situation, and from there you can you can begin playing it.
1: Okay, so you've said in your book that, quote, we've misunderstood fun to mean enjoyment without effort. What do you mean by that?
2: We, we tend to think of fun as uh, this process of returning gratification or pleasure uh, to ourselves. In, in truth, we, d- we don't really have any idea what what fun even means when we use the word. It's I, I've argued that it's it's kind of like a placeholder term, you know, how are you, I'm fine, or you know, did you have a good time? We had fun. You, it's, it's, I, something went right. It, I'm satisfied. It was good. You know, it's like a, a kind of very basic assessment. That that seems, if anything, to, to suggest that you're not analyzing it even uh, even uh, deeper and, and further. But but for me, what f- what fun suggests is that you know, you, in that process of manipulating and working with um, of working with a material, working with an object, working with a situation, a job, a commute, uh, a dishwasher, whatever it is. Um, that you have you know d- dived deep into its structure and found found something new found something um unexpected found something surprising uh it could be surprising to you it could be something that's never been found um uh, before at all and that that experience of discovery of of the discovery of something new and something familiar in particular uh that's what that's what fun is and that means that it requires work it requires deep work and effort to have fun and, and this makes sense actually when you, when you think about you know, having a uh, a game of tennis or uh, uh, or a uh, you know a night out, you you have to do the work. You have to kind of commit to the experience and be present, uh, and really um, you know uh, uh, be active in, in 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 working with that uh, that activity uh, before the fun can start. So it's not it's not just pleasure or delight or kind of lightweight in, enjoyment. It's this this kind of uh, deep process of like mining or or drilling down into something and and extracting something new from it.
1: All right. So define the concept for us of boredom.
2: One of the things that's most fascinating to me about boredom is is that we we tend to use boredom as a place to, to sort of stop paying attention. You know, once you're bored, okay, you know, whatever it is that I'm doing, this is no longer worthwhile. I need to find something else that gratifies me. But for me, uh, when you have that sensation of, of boredom, when you feel as though there's nothing left to find, there's no there's no novelty. You know, you've expended all all the possibilities of the situation you're in, the person whose company you're in, the job that you're in, whatever it is that you're doing. Then actually, that is a good sign that the the fun is about to start. That you that if you dig deeper, that there's more play to be experienced, because all that you've really done when you feel bored is is found the edges of your previous experience, and you, and you've confirmed, okay, I've been here, I've been here before. And then if you repeat that process again and again, you remain bored because all you're doing is tracing that that edge of that circle. But by pushing it a little bit further, you know, which requires you to, to look again, uh, to, to look deeper, to find something else to work with in that situation, then you can push beyond uh, that boredom. And when you push beyond the boredom, uh, by definition, right, you're going to find something novel and therefore something fun.
1: Define fun then for us.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, for for, for me, fun is the, this process of of discovery. Fun is novelty, the discovery of novelty.
1: All right. So what's created our flawed grasp of what fun is? Because I'm kind of getting that there's something about giving yourself
2: permission. Well, you know, uh, the simple answer would be selfishness. Uh, We we, we believe that we're at the center uh, of the universe, individually and collectively. And that you know something is there, something exists only to give us pleasure, or if it's not pleasure to give us gratification or, or, or wealth or power, or in any case to return some spoils to ourselves or our communities or whatever it is, you know. And you have to stop, you know, and, and realize that, well, um, you know we're here, but everything else is here too, and, and, and belongs just as much. So so there's a certain humility that has to be adopted in order to to kind of, you know truly and deeply play or to truly and deeply discover, Novelty and fun, and that requires that you kind of stop being so worried about what your expectations are, what you brought to the table, what you already expected to get back from the situation that you're in, or the or or the person you're with, or what have you, and instead look at it specifically. What is this? What is this even? You know, what is my job? Uh, What what is this tool that I'm working with? What does it really mean to do the dishes? Uh, And and in that process, uh, to treat it almost almost with this kind of ridiculous, absurdist respect. Uh, in order that you can then um, use that respect as a means to finding finding a new way, a new perspective, a new way of manipulating it.
1: And you mentioned something earlier about Calvinistic thinking. What did you mean by that?
2: Well, you know, the the, the the sense that we have uh, of of pleasure, of 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 delight, of of personal enjoyment, is really is bound up with guilt. You know, bound up with this kind of Judeo-Christian guilt, um, and we have the a sense that anything that 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 we derive pleasure from or gratification from is is somehow a, like, is, we're guilty for, right? And that we have to we have to restrain ourselves, we have to reject and and resist and. Uh, and, and and that is the moral thing to do. And and you know by resisting or or um or, or restraining, you know, I'm not going to have the piece of cake, but also I'm you know I'm going to be content with uh, with my lot. Those sorts of ideas, um, we end up creating dissatisfaction because that you know we're we're paying attention to the 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 negative space around the scenario we're in. But kind of kind of flip that on its head, and instead of thinking about these things that we're rejecting or or resisting, then instead Im- imagine reorient your perspective to what you're embracing. So, the opposite of of that restraint is is constraint or or limitation. You know what in the situation I'm in now, what is really here, and what can I manipulate and work with? what is available to me to to engage with? That's the opposite of uh, of that restraint. Oh, I can only do this thing. It's rather here are all the things that are present to me now now, what? what do I do with them? Uh, so you know f- flipping on its head that sense of of kind of constant um potential dissatisfaction which which comes with this with this expectation that there's only some activities that are even worth doing in the first place. And the ones that I'm doing now are probably not them. But if only I could get through them and on the good stuff, <laughs> then I'd be happy. So, and then, you know, you, you get to the good stuff and it turns out not to be so good either. And then you're kind of waiting for the good stuff to come forever. Uh, so true. you have to find a way of, yeah, you have to find a way of, uh, of, of finding something good in anything that you that you might encounter.
1: Okay, so what's the difference between, let's say, unpacking the dishwasher and lying on the couch for 10 hours watching Netflix? Well,
2: whatever you're doing, whatever it is at all, uh, whatever you're surrounded by, whatever activity is, whatever individual, whatever object, the trick is in, you know, deeply accepting and and treating that that situation or that thing or that object as exactly what it is and not, not treating it as something it's not. So if you're sitting on the couch watching Netflix, you better be like very deeply serious uh, about your your you know your sloth and your television watching, <laughs> and not not think of it just as this this like decompression from work or this you know this process of of, of zoning out of vegging out in front of the TV, um that it can't include that it can't include the relaxation it can't include the the, the kind of you know. Plush uh, velvet of the uh, of the seating surface and all of that, but the more attention you pay to exactly what you're doing and why, uh, then the greater that uh, that delight and contentment would be. And likewise with the dishwasher, you know, as long as you treat it as this sort of worthless, you know, meaningless activity that you just have to get through in order that you can get to the Netflix, <laughs> then you're never going to find anything worthwhile there. But if you begin to look more cl- more carefully, it doesn't take that much, right, to look more carefully at anything. Then you discover, oh, there, there's more here than I thought. Like, you know, how can I kind of load? uh, load the, 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 the glasses slightly differently so I can fit this row of, 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 of cups that, you know, I always have a difficulty getting in one load and can I read? And then, and then you do that and you realize that, oh, it's uh, you know, it's, it's making the, the load clean poorly. So I need to find another strategy. You know, th- these are almost like embarrassing things to talk about. They make you sound <laughs> crazy, but, but in fact, that's where the, that's where the delight is. The delight is in, is in having that kind of deep attention and knowledge and, uh, and uh, an engagement uh, with something, whether it's uh, leisure, you know, like watching TV, or whether it's uh, chores, like doing the dishwasher, or whether it's work, or whether it's family life, and so on.
1: And it's coming across that mindfulness is part of all of this.
2: Yeah, the, the the way that I interpret the trend of of mindfulness is that the 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 importance of of that attention, that kind of deep attention to the self, is all about pushing that attention out of using the, the your place in the world as a lens to see all the things that you're surrounded by and all those things that you might do or, or, or attend to or, um, or work with in the world outside of your of your head, right? So one of the ways I talk about this is, is through the, the concept of, of worldfulness, which is you know, kind of a neologism that flips mindfulness on its head, that, that in, instead, of, instead of being concerned about what's happening inside my own mind, I'm rather attentive to what's going on all around me. What, what are all the things that I'm faced with? And, and again, it's it's a kind of kind of strange, almost almost weird, foolish uh, attention where you're just you know scanning and 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 aware uh, of uh, of all the objects and situations and people that uh, that might lead you somewhere new, that might lead you to some to some novelty and therefore to some fun. Uh, and that doesn't mean that they're distractions, right? It could be very central to your to your to your life, to your work, or to your um, or to your home life. Uh, but you're missing them uh, because all that you're seeing is what you've already thought of in your head.
1: All right. So just a couple of quick questions. Why did Mary Poppins have it all wrong?
2: So yeah, I'm a, I'm a big critic of uh, of Mary Poppins and her lesson that we should um, that we should. Uh, you know, just spread sugar on everything. That the, the spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Because the moment that you um, spread sugar on top of something, you're you're, you're hiding it. Right? I mean, literally, this is what you're trying to do. Uh, they don't want to taste the medicine, so you have to hide it uh, with this dollop of sugar. And and for me, the moment that you that you start hiding things, then you, you're just you're just uh, assuming that they're no good. You know, oh, if only I could get through this terrible, uh, uh, worthless activity, I can get yeah. on the and get onto the good one. And then you go to the good one, and you think, well, you know, this isn't so great either. There's, you know, I, I, I thought I was, I thought this job was going to be, was going to be great, but now I have to drive further, or, you know, I have to do work that I didn't expect to do. So there's always going to be that sense of dissatisfaction that you could try to try to cover up with, um, with with proverbial uh, sugar, um, but you'll always be disappointed in the end. And so the um, uh, I- instead, what you must do is to to treat the thing, whatever it is, as exactly what it is. Uh, not to try to turn it into something it is not, uh, and in so doing, you you force yourself to kind of do that work of of drilling down, of kind of boring down into the the boredom of a of a particular experience, and, and to find something intrinsic to it that you haven't brought in and imported as a way of you know covering over its bitterness, uh, in order to uh, uh, to make it uh, uh, gratifying.
1: Yeah, and stimulating.
2: That's where it, and stimulating. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: All right. So why is there terror? at work in finding real fun for us human beings what are we afraid of
2: you know the the uh the boredom example helps explain this a little bit you know when when you're bored it's it's almost like there's a signal flare that goes up you know it's the world telling you okay you've you've expended everything you know about this thing or this situation and now you're entering into to novel territory and that's that's terrifying that wilderness that's a feeling of kind of Threshing into the wilderness is always scary. You haven't been there before. And it's, it's like a sign, you know, okay, now that you've experienced the terror of the new, if you press forward into it, um, then, then the delights are right on the other side, the, the contentment and the meaning and the gratification is right on the other side of that feeling. But, but often we resist that, we resist that, that feeling of, uh, of anxiety or, of, or, of, or a of fear uh, or of boredom and use it as an excuse to go do something else anything else right okay now now i'm you know i'm done with this it started to resist me so the feeling of the world resisting you of it of it not giving way that's a good sign that's a good it's a good sign that uh, there's something meaningful there there's something productive to be found behind it
1: where can people go to find copies of your book play anything
2: so, books should be available uh, at your favorite uh, bookseller anywhere books are sold and you can check me out at my website at bogos.com b o g o s t.com
1: Ian Bogos, thank you very much for coming on to Talking Trading. Oh, thanks so much. And stay tuned, guys, to hear entrepreneur Michelle Duval on the entrepreneurship surrounding us and the ideas of success. I'm Caroline Stephen. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to TalkingTrading.com.au with Caroline Stephen. Make sure you are subscribed to this website to receive the very latest market views, commentary and expert opinion. Tune in next week as we've got a bumper show planned. Bye for now. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regard to your own situation.